It's news from heaven. Angel professor in the afterlife explains what the soul is. Your soul is the deepest, truest part of you. It's who you are. And we're going to find out exactly what it is from a fairly reputable source. This comes from Swedenborg's book, True Christianity. You can download it yourself for free on the internet, specifically Swedenborg.com. We are in subsection 9 of, what number are we even in? 697. I know, right? Some of you knew that off the top of your head. Okay, we joined Swedenborg. Yeah, some old scientist who was traveling in the same afterlife that we're headed for. And he stumbles upon a gathering of people who are discussing the secrets of wisdom. So we're getting a lens into what the what kind of discussions and debates forums go down in the afterlife a couple hundred years ago. And in this, we, we join at the end of the story where we've already heard a bunch about the soul and the meaning behind it and everything. But then there's one rock star angel who everyone's wondering, what's, well, what's he going to say about this? And we're going to find that out. The elders in the balcony looked toward the senior professor here we go. Here's our, this is our master class. This is our professor for today who had originally posed, proposed, uh, proposed the question. <clears throat> Looks like I ain't no master class material. He, so this is the one who kicked it all off, this senior professor. He gathered from their nodding that they wanted him to go down and teach. Oh, I noticed you're all nodding. You want, you want me to? Oh, okay. All right. He immediately came down from his platform, passed through the auditorium, and stepped up to the lectern. Probably you can hear a pin drop at this point. Notice we're in an afterlife where there are lecterns. You, you'd think this is, that's just a quirk of the physical world, but everything here is a reflection of what's going on there. We get our style and technology and everything from there, rather than it being weird that it's there. It's weird that it's here. We cut up trees and nail them together and turn them into lecterns. Well, because there's a spiritual lectern out there somewhere. Free lectern lecture. Stretching out his hand, he said, Listen if you would, please. Surely everyone believes the soul is the inmost and subtlest essence within us. Did you believe that? It seems to me that it's emotionally synonymous with the soul. It's, I saw your soul for a second. Your soul was in that. Yeah, the inmost subtlest, I guess, essence within us. But what is an essence without a form? It's a figment of the imagination. So you can't just say, yeah, your soul, and have it be a, an idea or an attitude, an abstraction. It has to, think about that, it's got to be somewhere you can look at it. It's got to have a shape. It's got to have a structure is probably the right way to describe that. It is a figment of the imagination. So spiritual stuff doesn't mean unstructured stuff. Therefore, the soul is a form. Let me say what kind of form it is. It is the, okay, here we go. Is it a square? Is it a triangle? Is it a rectangle? Get ready to draw it. 
It is the form of all the components of love and all the components of wisdom. Oh, I don't know what that looks like. Never mind. False alarm. A form of all the components of love and all the components of wisdom. Can love have components to it? Pieces to it? Can wisdom have components to it? That stuff, just like the soul, is not an abstraction. It is a thing. Spiritual things are things. All the components of love are called desires. Okay, here we go. We're, we're starting to gain some confidence here. So we've got all the forms of wisdom over here. We'll say this is wisdom. We've got all the forms of love over here, just so I can keep some travel notes. All the forms of love are called desires. So love is the some somehow an essence of it that takes the form in desires. Okay? Yeah, you can even even in common parlance, I can say to you, I love you, and I'm gonna show you that I do by not dragging out this example, but you you get what I'm talking about. Because if I never did anything, if I said I loved you and never did anything nice for you, do, do I? From your perspective, probably not. And and do I really? If it if it never tips me over into action, if I can indeed take action, all the components of wisdom are called perceptions. Yeah, somebody's wise, but unless they can. Unless you can say, oh, we need we need your perspective on this. What do you think? And they can get, oh, I see something about it. If you can never apply that, are you really wise? The, that is how wisdom is expressed, is in the perceptions of a wise person. These perceptions come from these desires. Therefore, they come together as a single form. Oh, everything you understand is because you want something. Man, this guy's just throwing out... Arcana. Within that form, there are countless individual things, but the design, arrangement, and close interaction of them allow them to be referred to as one thing. I'm oversimplifying. Even to say this is one thing, desires, and this is one thing, perception. Actually, just like these words are made of a bunch of different letters, these are all made of these little micro components here that there are. And this is just driving home his original point because that's how everything physical is. You know, you've got a stylus here, but you look closer. There's a little piece of plastic here that's for the clicker. There's another one up here. You can tell where there's a seam right there. You open it up. There's a battery in there. There are little circuit boards in there. You take that circuit board apart. It's smaller and smaller. Everything that's real is made up of stuff. So are desires and perceptions. They can be called one thing because nothing can be taken away and nothing can be added without turning the whole into something different than it is. Wow. They're different, but they're, they're one. And the reason you know that they're one is because if you take something away, it's not itself anymore. That is, and that is a good dividing line because I can take a bunch of spare parts and dump them in a pile and say, that's a, that's a unit, but you take away something, it's still a pile. But with this pen, if I yank a circuit board out of there, or I yank this tip off, it is, sure, all the rest of the, the pieces are together, but it's not a 
stylus anymore because it won't function like that. That is that is the that is cool. And he's saying that is what it's like inside of your soul. There are all these pieces that are different. We're made up of all these parts. But the reason it's all one thing is if we took anything away from us, we wouldn't be us anymore. What else is the human soul but a form like this? All the components of love and all the components of wisdom are the essential elements of this form. In human beings, these components are present in the soul and the soul makes them present in the head and the body. This, by the way, is happening in the afterlife. This is not saying you have a soul that's distinct from your physical body. There's no physical bodies in this conversation. He's saying the soul, so he's leading us into something, saying the soul makes them present in the head and the body. I don't know what to say about that. You are called spirits and angels. He's talking to people who identify as spirits and angels, but remember, you're a spirit right now, and we're working to become angels, if you think it sounds like a cool lifestyle. In the, wor- in the world, you believed that spirits and angels were like pieces of wind or ether, and were therefore just higher or lower minds. Okay. Now, of course, you see clearly that you are truly, really, and actually human beings who used to live and think inside a physical body in the material world. Just like we're all, nobody's going to deny that we're people. All these angels and spirits are people as well. And they have a form just like we had. Even though, I guess, these particular people used to think, oh yeah, when I, afterlife, yeah, consciousness survives, but it's just this disembodied sort of consciousness. Just like we, oh, the soul is just a, or love and wisdom are just, rather than structured elements. You knew that the physical body had, has, you knew then that the physical body has no life or thought. There was a spiritual substance that lived and thought within the body. That that's our current condition. And there is no life or thought in physical material. The only reason any life exists is that there is something spiritual animating what is physical. And the stuff that's not alive is because the animation isn't happening in the same way. You did not know what form it took, however, but now you have seen your soul and you are seeing it right now. You yourselves are all souls. Okay? You yourselves are the souls about whose immortality you have heard and thought and said and written such a great deal because you are forms of love and wisdom from God to eternity. You can never die. Whoa. i just throw that in there. You are forms of love and wisdom from God. So here, love and wisdom, these forms are made up of components. It's like each of us either is a desire from God and a perception from God. Wow, a desire from, you are a particular desire from God, a a will to do something good. And then a perception or an understanding or a means by which to make that happen. That's what you are. Everybody can perform a particular use, a particular service for the human race. Everybody's good at something that's good. And all of life is pulling us in that direction and sending us up for that. And then 
once you get to this angelic state, you are this particular desire of God. You are a desire to do this good thing and the means to carry it out. So if you look at all of us together, you look at the whole human race in our best selves with the good part of all of us, then you, that's the mind of God. That is the mind of God being expressed. What? What is going on here? How can you do this to me? Where am I? I lost my place. Ah. Therefore. Oh, yeah, I already said that. Oh, yeah, therefore the soul is the human. Therefore the soul is the human form. That's really, that, that last thing was just a tertiary point for him. I got so hung up on it. This is the point he really wants to make. The soul is the human form. Nothing can be taken away from it and nothing can be added to it. This whole thing is that your soul is in the same shape as your body. Give, give or take. Initially, our spirits look very much like our bodies, but then I'll, the physical appearance of it can change to match what you were like inside. You don't, you're not stuck looking the way that we look in this world. But the human form, which is universal, which is that you've got these two eyes and they have these parts in them and you have a mouth and mar- mouths have parts. The, the way that a body is structured and functions... That is all those little pieces in it are the forms of love and wisdom, which are the soul. The soul is the inmost form, and nothing can be added to it. And look at this. The soul is the inmost form of all the forms throughout the entire body. There's still this distinction here that your whole body is the form of the soul, but the soul itself is the inmost part of all of those. And because the forms that lie outside draw both their essence and their form from what lies within, therefore you are souls just the way you appear to yourselves and to us right now. It is this love and wisdom, the the essence and then the expression. There's a soul that's the innermost element of everything that that you are. And then the expression of those elements is the part we can all see and interact with. I'm talking about not even the physical, but your spirit. So if you like popped out of your body and then out of body experience, you would have a spirit that you could look around. And then that spirit is then interfacing with carbon atoms and stuff that makes a body. Right? Okay. Briefly put, the soul is the real person because it is the deepest self. Therefore, its form is fully and perfectly human. It's not, however, life. It is a nearby vessel that receives life from God and is therefore a dwelling place for God. It has proximity to God by its nature. So God's life goes into the soul, which goes into the the outer part, the inner parts of the soul, which goes into the, the spiritual body, which then animates the physical body. Okay, so that's the speech. That's the end of the speech. Now, how did all these people react to this angelic? Professor, many applauded this statement. You can write in the comments how you react to it. Let's see how they react in heaven. Many applauded this statement of his. But some said, we'll have to think about that. (laughs) That's heaven. Heaven is not, we're going to dictate everything to you. And obviously this guy is an unquestioned authority. A bunch of people in there, in this heavenly auditorium, were like, we're going to have to think that over. So... You ever wonder what's the vibe in the kingdom of God? That's it. 
we'll think that over. Some people like it. We'll think that over. I then went home. This is Swedenborg traveling back out of the spirit into the body. To my surprise, I saw that over the hall, where that strange aerial phenomenon had appeared earlier, there now appeared a white cloud that had no rays or bands of light fighting with each other. That cloud then came down through the roof of the hall itself and lit up the walls. If I understand, if I remember correctly, earlier in this number, there is this atmospheric phenomenon representing this clash of ideas around this. We've got set straight pretty much by the angelic professor. So now that's changed the atmosphere around the building, which is exactly how the spiritual world works. You can download this book for free and read it if you want. I heard that the people there saw passages of scripture on the walls, among which was this, Jehovah God breathed the breath of lives into the human being's nostrils, and the human being turned into a living soul. And that's the news from heaven. What do you think? Deepest, truest part of you, inner expression in outer forms, a nearby vessel for life from God. How's that all strike you? Leave a comment, let us know. And if you do like any of this stuff that we're doing or think that it's good for us to put out material that then you can say, I like that, or I'll have to think about that, consider making a donation. We are a not-for-profit, youtube.com. I mean, offtheleftei.com slash donate. Again, offtheleftei.com slash donate. That's how we do what we do. Hoping you got something out of this that you can use in your life. Let me know. Let us know how you use it and what it does for you. And I am just want to say I really appreciate getting to talk through this and think through it. As you can tell, I really think it's cool and fun. And it's without a community of all of you willing to think it over, like it, and apply it, and bring it to the next phase, it would all be nothing. So thanks for doing that with me. And let's, let's do it again. Click another video. Let's do it. <laughs>